For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. James tells Wade not to break her heart and not to get handsy, to which Wade responds with the line that every father of a daughter wants to hear. Define, Define handsy. handsy. <laughs> It was tempting to think that the first two episodes of 1883, the Yellowstone prequel starring Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, were meant to shock and awe. It's a new series after all, and in this day and age, viewers aren't very patient. Surely episode 3 would introduce a softer side to each character, right? I'm Addison Haker, and while the third episode was more streamlined, it wasn't any less heavy then two episodes that found Tim McGraw's character, James Dutton, shooting no fewer than seven men, and bandits rushing in to kill two main characters. The opening scenes of this episode were just, well, we'll get there. This is Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast, and today's episode breaks down the drama, acting, backstory, and rituals found during episode three, titled River. The title is a reference to what these travelers fear most. The reasons why aren't quite clear, but if one thing is certain, it's that those reasons soon will be clear. Billy Dukes is on hold to help assess the fears and damage levied by the Duttons, Sam Elliott's Shay Brennan, and LaMonica Garrett's Thomas. First, a reminder to tap follow as we'll be here after each episode. Then, if you like the show, give a five-star review and provide feedback or expertise at staff at tasteofcountry.com or in the review section. There are some beautiful speeches and some beautiful moments between father and son and mother and daughter during episode 3. They helped balance the sadness that lingers over the Wagoners, like low clouds in spring. Interviews with the cast of this show as well as cast members from Yellowstone can be found in the archives. If you're brand new to this franchise, that's a good place to begin, but don't worry. No one gets left behind on Dutton Rules. He's the nerd, I'm the novice. Let's bring in Billy Dukes right now. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Addison. Hello, Billy. In the words of Elsa, today's episode, death is everywhere. Another feel-good beginning yeah. <laughs> for an episode of 1883. Very poetic, by the way, Addison. Thank you. Thank you. I will be her stand-in if they ever need need one. <laughs> Did you think right at the get-go that there was kind of going to be a happier traveling scene? Like the first few frames where you're thinking, okay, things things seem to be going well. The wagons are moving along quite expeditiously. And then... And then someone gets run over. Everywhere. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I also <laughs> thought I was like surely after this last episode that we just endured of the the ant killing herself, I thought, okay, yeah, maybe this will be a little and I say lighthearted, very lighthearted in the sense of 1883. And no. They're pushing the wagon and then it get they they run over the man and he dies. And then they talk about death. <laughs> they show a dog attack. Uh they show a girl getting bit by a rattlesnake. On her rear end. Yeah, it was I mean it it did not give you a break at all from the end of episode two to the beginning of episode three in terms of like the the heavy drama. Mm-mm. Well, and as Thomas said, you know, not only do we have all this drama, but now we are as they're traveling, but we have this foreshadowing drama of winter is coming. Yeah, this better be one hell of a winter. I, I mean, I, I grew up in Michigan. Like, I better see. I mean, they're talking about this winter. If they just get through and it ends up being like an, a La Nina year, <laughs> that, that, that is not going to satisfy me. A little cold front, <laughs> a little ice dusting. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, they got to be. This might explain because this is something that Faith Hill mentioned during the round robin interviews and this is a couple weeks back uh, sterling whitaker talked to her they were still filming at that time mm-hmm. she talked to sterling and the crew in like mid-december she said the next day they had to go film some scenes i wonder if a lot of these winter scenes are being kind of filmed in real time for the conclusion of this season oh well good luck to them in fort worth right now in austin it is a balming 75 degrees in december so tim mcgraw and his very f- full fur coat I'm sure sweating, but yeah. Well, I gotta imagine they traveled further north into Montana and Wyoming, maybe for these for the um, actual for the winter scenes. Like not not all the filming's in Fort Worth, is it? Like they're kind of done with the city by the time we've gotten to episode three. I don't. That's true. I don't know that we're heading back. You're right. Well, and I know we're kind of just kind of wandering around here to start, Mm -hmm. but this popped in my mind. Are we done with Billy Bob Thornton's character, Marshall Jim Courtright? Why do you think that? Why would they encounter him again on the trail up to the Northwest? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. And that's, I mean, to kind of what we talked about last episode of um, Margaret's sister and then him, where they seem like pretty pivotal, you know, pretty weighty characters. And it's interesting that if that stands to be correct, that we don't see him again, this show is pretty big on bringing some, you know, heavier characters in, but then leaving them pretty quickly. I thought this episode, episode three, was a little bit more of like Yellowstone does this from time to time, where they'll just have an episode or two that just kind of carries the plot along. Right. It's interesting. There's not a ton of action. Um, there's some good dialogue. It's a lot of character building. Right. Uh, that to me is what episode three of 1883 was. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I really, really love though the scene. It was built. Yes, it was building to the next, but. I will say this was my favorite out of the three so far because of Faith Hill scene and riding mm-hmm. and the horses. If you want to talk, if we want to dive into that next. Well, this is right up your alley. I knew you would like this scene, <laughs> just kind of watching it, because it's a great moment between mother and daughter. And Elsa has just this really, I, I thought, really heartfelt speech about how she now is watching her mother and appreciating her not as a mother, but as a woman with her own passions and, and desires and this own life to live. Oh, yeah. I thought that they scripted that so well. And even I think it was cool for me to watch because Elsa's kind of at up until that point had been portrayed as the more, you know, rugged kind of go get her girl. Um, you know, the one that they almost view as the male in that sense, you know, when they were Tim was mm-hmm. grabbing her to go. And it was cool to show 
you know, to have her see her mom almost in that similar light and be like, wait a minute, actually, this is where this part of me stemmed from. Not necessarily my dad, but actually my mom had it in her. I just didn't know. And I just love how they didn't even tee that up for us necessarily, uh, that it just happened. And I think that's why I loved it is because it's not something that you necessarily expected. Uh, They just plopped it on us. And I just think that the way that they, like you said, the way that they even scripted that whole um, sequence for her, for Elsa, and what she had said and how she looks up to her mom. I just think that was so well done. Um, yeah, and it was just cool getting to see Faith or Margaret um, in that in that scene. And like I said, from the last two episodes, I'm excited to see Faith in this role because, Tim, I expected Faith. I, I think she's carrying some weight. Oh, definitely more so now. I mean, we're really seeing her character develop, and she looked legit on that yeah. horse. I mean, there was some pretty good horse riding. And sure, there was probably a stunt double used at times, but uh, she proved it. And she talked about this, about being able to ride a horse once upon a time, mm-hmm. and then kind of having those skills rekindled during what they call cowboy camp. But this is really the first time we got to see that she can legit ride. Yeah, which was really, really cool to see. And man, we should all go to cowboy camp. Clearly, then we can all ride like like Faith. You know, in some ways that sounds fun, but I think it was kind of miserable in some other ways. Oh, no, it sounded awful. Getting, yeah, I mean, they like they don't serve. It's not like cowboy camp during the day, but then they go back to their Hilton hotels right. and eat like great food and sip some wine. No. Like they eat like beef chips and um, rice and beans kind of out there on the trail. And uh, it, it's a lot of hard work. That does not sound <laughs> no, it's like Carlton after. my life. Yeah, no, they're, they're living the actual <laughs> life. Yeah, there is no, oh, just, you know, these four hours, we're going to rough it. It's like, no, we're going to go out there and you're going to live the life. Yeah. My Twitter feed would just be a mess when I got back. <laughs> I'd have no idea. Your priorities, idea Billy, to... your priorities. <laughs> you know, you mentioned the, the, a beautiful moment between Margaret and Elsa, but I thought there was some really great moments Overall, there was a lot of great moments for a parent. Mm -hmm. If someone was a parent watching this, there was just a lot of relatable and in some ways feel-good moments. And I thought the scene between James Dutton, Tim McGraw's character, and Audie Rick, who is their Mm five-year-old, hunting together was really sweet. Um, To sort of set it up, when Faith takes her daughter hunting, she leaves the five-year-old back with Tim and says go kill a deer with them. And he's like, well, how am I supposed to do that? Five-year-olds just talk too much. And he's like, well, teach him to be quiet. And as a parent of a five-year-old, <laughs> I felt for, for Tim on that horse. Yeah, Billy. you're like, got to be quiet. Got to be quiet. And he's like, question, question, question. Did you know so that my sweet. kid would be, a, he would start rolling out the math facts. Did you know three plus three plus one equals seven? Dad, what's 12 minus five? Like, it's just a constant rat all of like math facts right. that's what my son would be doing i'd be like Shh, we gotta catch a deer He's, the whole time and and that's what that kid was doing but they end up having a successful hunt mm-hmm. well and i thought it was cute how tim obviously you know the son didn't actually pull the trigger or you know sight the deer right. and all that but it was really cute how he made him feel as if he shot the deer which i thought was really sweet are there hunters in your family I do. I have two young brothers who are there. I guess they're not young anymore, but younger than I am. And yes, they are mm-hmm. avid hunters. And it really is kind of this this bonding thing. So I think when I was watching that, I was reminded of just how my brothers, it's kind of their, their hobby, their, you know, what they go do together. And that's kind of what he was forming there. I was a very bad hunter <laughs> growing up in northern Michigan. Like what I went mean, often. <laughs> 
Well, I was pretty good with a gun. I, I could aim okay, uh-huh. and I would go often. But uh, the whole kind of sitting out and being patient and quiet thing wasn't. Th- th- those weren't tools I had. You were like your little I would fall son. Sleep. <laughs> yeah, a little, a little. I, I'd walk around like that. wasn't my bag. So that being said, I never actually was successful in killing my first deer. Although some people I was hunting with did. My my brother and uncle. The blooding thing uh-huh. that they do when his son gets his first gear. I've seen that a number of times. I think Yellowstone sort of refers to that. But I had to do a little research on where that derived and what that's all about. Is that something that you're familiar with? To be honest, no. I I can't say that my brothers have come home and told me those type of stories if it happened. So I'd love, I mean, I'd love to hear more. Well, the the origin of it is a little bit disputed. Some people say it was 16th century Europe. Um, Others say it goes back as far as like... um, even maybe the 8th century and and some more ancient kingdoms. The idea is that it's sort of a, well, there's a couple of trains of thought. One is that you're, it's showing some ancient reverence to the land and to the animal and the whole idea of the circle of life. And people kind of keep that up as sort of a way to to stay humble and, and realize that you're just part of something much, much bigger the actual marks on the face can kind of differ. I think we see James Dutton gives him a little streak under one eye mm-hmm. and then another streak under an eye. Does he give him one on the forehead? I don't think so. I think it's just under, I think it's his cheeks. Okay. I could be wrong. Uh, one resource I found, and and this is from AmericanHunter.org, says that the streak down the first time Hunter's nose honors the quarry's sense of smell. A second streak over one eye honored sense of sight, and a final streak over hmm. the other eye honored the hunter's accomplishment. Wow. Uh, the hunter is being honored for being quiet, patient, and stealthy to overcome the animal's natural defenses. <sighs> There's a lot of hunting traditions out there that people do after a first kill or elsewhere in the hunt. This is just one of them. Uh, but I think it kind of also ties into maybe some of the Native American things that we've seen on the show and we'll probably continue to see. You're listening to Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast. Tap follow wherever you listen and leave a rating or review. If you have any questions or want to add to the show, email staff at tasteofcountry.com. And yes, it is either Billy or myself responding. Other than this scene and the scene with Elsa and Margaret, are there any other, you said you felt like there was a good amount of parenting moments or that you could relate to as a parent. What other ones were there for you? Well, I'm not at this stage of life yet, but the episode ends with um, Tim, James Dutton, telling Wade, who had been flirting with his daughter. <laughs> I love this scene. Um, he tells, he says, you can go ahead and court her. And Wade responds with, what's that? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> not a sign of a true gentleman, I don't think. And Tim doesn't really know how to explain it. He's like, I don't You just kind of go walk around and talk about things. I don't, right. What are you asking me that for? <laughs> like, I don't know what really what courting is either. That sounds about right. <laughs> is courting what we call dating? I, I Yes. I, I would say courting is like dating, but it was funny scene. I was almost placing myself in the situation of like, oh my gosh, my dad talking to, you know, boyfriends in the past of like, don't you hurt her? You know what I mean? The classic dad moment but yeah it is funny of you it almost seems like tim or james is out of his comfort zone even in this of like i'm gonna be tough and gruff but also don't actually know what i'm doing here 
Your dad has actually had that talk with guys. He said, don't hurt her. Or... Not not directly like that. He's not that type of personality. But not, yeah, so not the same as Tim McGraw in this scene necessarily. <laughs> but not not quite the same vibe. But, but, but a little similar. James tells Wade not to break her heart and not to get handsy. To which Wade responds with the line that every father of a daughter wants to hear. Define, Define handsy. handsy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the way that he says it as well. Just kind of like, do, do, do. Define handsy. Yeah, with that oh, grin on man. his face. Yes. That one. <laughs> truly, I truly laughed out loud. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah, that wasn't the joke to make at that point. But it was a, a great moment to close which was pretty, we haven't talked about it yet, but it was kind of an emotional episode in, in some other mm-hmm. ways. But it closed with that scene. And then another really beautiful speech from Isabel May's character, Elsa, mm-hmm. uh, that, that wrapped it up. Yeah, the the one laugh I gave <laughs> during that oh. episode. <laughs> you will be allotted a single ha per episode. <laughs> Use wisely. <laughs> Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, it's not coming from Shea Brennan, who, as it turns out, has a whole lot more Oof. going on than we thought. Um... Can you describe what his character went through in this episode or some of his action? Well, in this episode, you see the gypsy that he's going into camp and you see this gypsy and her two sons. And pretty much she comes up to him um, saying, you know, she doesn't have any more food, her wagons, you know, all these different things. Her husband had been killed. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't completely remember how her husband was killed. The bandits. The bandits. Her husband okay. was killed by the bandits. That's how that. Yeah. That's how he died. And um, pretty much she is feeling helpless as if like, okay, well, now my husband has passed. Now what do I do? And pretty much throws herself on um, Shay of, you know, let me be your wife. Let me marry you. And he wants nothing to do with it. He wants to help her and help, mm-hmm. you know, she help, he helps get the son's water and you know, Thomas goes and takes the horses to get water as well. Like, he wants to help facilitate that, but does not want to marry her and almost kind of pushes her off. And we see him start to get a little bit, I think how I saw it is he's dealing with a lot of, and he touched on it a little bit of like, I don't want to be married. I lost my wife. Um, but you can tell that there's this inward conflict that's starting to ooze to the surface of grief almost of, yeah. you know, I think he's bottling it up and now we're seeing all that pent up grief come to the surface and he kind of loses it um and not in a like you can see that he has a hot temper of you know he's he gets upset and then goes to the people who stole her provisions and um pretty much is like i'm laying down the law here don't mess with me but he also i don't know how you feel about this but he does his hot temperedness is escalated but it's still somewhat contained where he's not necessarily throwing tables and all that around i think he does it still in a little bit different way almost kind of like 
a John Dutton a little bit in um, Yellowstone. Maybe not. I'd love to know your I thoughts. think we're at, he's at like a level six heat. Yeah. And, it, you know, he can go to 10. We saw like a level five or six. and But he's really intentional. Like he chops the, is that the yoke that yes. attaches the wagon yes. to the horses so that they can't travel with the group any longer? He frees this gang's horses so that they can't travel. And these, this is the group that stole um, the woman, the gypsies, supplies. Because their, their rationale was her husband was a thief who stole it from them. After the husband died, they went and stole all the supplies back. So the woman had no food, water, or supplies for her and her kids. That's why she was so desperate. Um, and then he more or less challenges the one guy to a, dr- a duel. Mm-hmm kind of right in front of everybody and he has this terrifying moment where he whispers in his ear all the people that he helped kill during this single battle in the wilderness where he he talks about how he fired his gun until the barrel melted mm-hmm. and then he got out his sword and used his sword and killed until the the sword cracked and then he stomped with his boots until like the leather of the boot would, i mean it's a really like oh cuck this is that. so in depth billy i love it <laughs> Son, like, oh, okay. What, what, what can I do for you? Right. Like, I, you help know, me yes, help sir. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you really saw the flash of crazy in Shea Brennan's yeah. eye. That, yeah, that was some great acting from Sam Elliott. I yeah. thought in that scene. I agree. This is, I think, this is just the beginning of what we're going to kind of see ooze out of him. Unfortunately. Yeah, I totally agree. And to your point about kind of the things he's dealing with, the timeline. And this is the case on Yellowstone, too. You never can get a real good grip for how much time passes. But I don't think much more than a week has passed since we first met all these characters or since these characters. Certainly, they haven't been on the road or on the trail more than a week. Right. Would you agree with that? I'd agree with that, yeah. No, it doesn't seem like and they've made it because it seems like they're right now at a kind of pivoting point of which way they go because Tim and Shay, yeah. I mean, uh, James and Shay are saying two different directions. So it probably hasn't been 10 days since he uh, found his wife and daughter dead mm. and ended up burning down the house with them in him. So, yeah, all those sort of emotions and grief. He hasn't dealt with that in, oh, gosh, in no. any sort of way. No, not at all. And it's not like he's going to go get a counselor or something and really kind of deal with it appropriately. It's going to come out in, in very various forms of emotion and anger, I would think. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. John Sr. is James Dutton's son. Right? The five-year-old, his name is John Sr. on this show. Yes. This is a question I've been struggling with for quite a while. Because John Dutton is Kevin Costner's character on Yellowstone. Right. But he's not John Dutton Jr. Because that five-year-old can't be John Sr.'s dad. Right. Or John Jr. So he must be John with a different middle name, I would guess. Because I think they're... To be honest, I don't know how that works. I've been trying to figure out the relationship for like several months. It said that they're great-grandfathers, which means... Or it says that James is John's great-grandfather, which means that the kid, the five-year-old, is John's grandfather, which means his dad was maybe born in like the 1910s, 1920s. And we met John Dutton's dad in an episode of Yellowstone. It was his death scene as the season three closed. And he looked pretty old, 80s or 90s. Mm -hmm. 
but it was really difficult to get a grasp on kind of how all that again the timeline is just so so strange on these shows yeah i still don't fully understand how the the little kid is senior but this i can't say that this keeps me up at night but it i think it keeps you up at night so if anyone has thoughts on it do let us know yeah that's a good point you make he can't be john senior yet because he would need to have kids right that's why i i per- i don't understand yeah <laughs> The face Billy is currently giving is one of complete just confusion. I was I'm very confused. Uh, it was a pretty neat and tidy little episode. I don't I don't know that we need to wax poetic for 45 minutes. No, on it just to... I don't think so. The only other thing is Elsa for sure is into Wade, but I just said Elsa is for sure flirting back. But we don't need to touch on that. It took Wade a long long time to sort of figure that out. I mean, she took her hat off for him for God's sakes. <laughs> Which is like the modern. It's the uh, the saying you um, ah like you, which era of American flirtation history are you going? You leave to? it. You drop the hanky. That's the saying where you drop the hanky of like, ooh, I'm interested. I knew that. I was like something about a hanky. Anyways, that's essentially what she did. That that was her version of the hat, dropping the hanky of I'm interested. Look at my head. What was the strategy of dropping the hanky? Kind of letting the guy know that you're interested, but waiting him to pursue. <laughs> that was a deep sigh. <laughs> you just asked you to define const- it, Billy. <laughs> I mean, just really bizarre constructs that people had developed in this time. Like, I know how we'll do it. <laughs> Take this hanky, and this will become the universal sign. Forget the hat. Yeah. All right. Well, no Q&A this week. There was one comment, though, that I wanted to just sort of bring up. Yeah, shoot. And I know I'm kind of taking I'm taking your job here. You're the Q&A comment girl. It's but. fine. I'll, I'll let you. This is your one one time, Billy. <laughs> the mic well, is this yours. goes back to an, an episode of, uh, of Dutton Rules we did talking about Yellowstone and the um, train station. Mm-hmm. And someone just mentioned that there was an episode of Law & Order SUV that was based on the inability to prosecute a murder in this zone, oh. the um, zone of death. But they ended up getting the guy on a federal crime of setting up the murder over an internet. So hmm. even in uh, a fictional television, the zone of death is undefeated. That's Billy Dukes, who, as it turns out, is the laziest hunter known to man. Thanks, Billy. I'm Addison Haker, and if you'd like to join the show or offer more detail, email staff at tasteofcountry.com. Dutton Rules is written by myself and Billy Dukes and produced by Billy Dukes. New episode breakdowns will come weekly with deeper analysis on YouTube and at tasteofcountry.com. Be sure to check out the archives for cast interviews and more. A feature with Sam Elliott and LaMonica Garrett is coming very soon. So be sure to follow this podcast and leave a rating or review to let us know how we're doing. Dutton Rules, a Yellowstone 1883 podcast, is another great Townsquare Media podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, 
you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.